fuck were we doing? We're doing a podcast. We're oh, doing a podcast. podcast. Is this it? A podcast could very well be like hooking a cocoon. But th- this is it. This is it. We're doing it. We're really fucking doing it, Owen. We're doing a podcast. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh God. Oh, no. We're, we're doing we're, it. We're doing this? Yeah. Um, are, are you still recording? That was the, that was, yeah, that was me popping champagne just then. Did you not hear that? I'll do it again. No, I didn't. <sighs> Welcome to that, our first have episode. You ever, have you ever popped champagne before? Because it's not that loud. I think it is pretty loud. I think that you're, I think you're high over there in LA with your legal uh, weed. Oh, 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 I'm, well, I mean, again, like, I think walking around in LA just with the smog and <laughs> the ambient uh, marijuana uh, substrate in the atmosphere, I feel like. Kind of, that's actually kind of true. Yeah, you're breathing in. I I think it's more to do with the heat, though. Yeah, you're breathing in so many um, chemicals that are just in the air. But yeah, I feel like uh, breathing in chemicals just in the air in LA makes you feel a a little spacey. I have noticed that sometimes I do feel a little less sharp than I was in New York. And I'm like, yeah, but in New York, I was like, remember the first two weeks I moved there, I was just like sneezing black shit. And my lungs just weren't used to, or my cilia in my air tracks just weren't used to. So that was because of the demon that you had summoned just the other night. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. the smog. Yeah. That was the the dark one making itself known <laughs> within you. <laughs> that does happen more frequently than I care to admit. The, uh, you know, the, actually... the, the uh, leaking of black substance from my uh, my orifices. Fun. I, um, oh, actually, you know. this is a, this is a total aside, but I remember, I remember reading this really interesting piece or like hearing this really interesting podcast once where they were talking about why there was such a crime spike in like the seventies and eighties in the United States. And cause it's never been, it's never been totally like solved. Like there's no one silver bullet that kind of like covers why that, that crime spike happened. And this one person was kind of putting out the idea that like, in addition to other factors, we were putting so much lead into car uh into diesel that we were putting into cars and into gas that we were putting into cars that there was just we were breathing in lead all the time and lead it's been proven pretty consistently that lead can really fuck up your brain and make you do like violent shit and so that is like one explanation for why there was not just like a lot of crime in the 70s but also like why there were so many fucked up serial killers running around eating people and like making like fucking sculptures out of bodies and shit like that I mean, yeah, and but this isn't a 90s cartoons are all because of gushers. That that's is true. Clearly, that is clearly why. True. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's it's just they got ideas from focus group kids who are all fucking gacked out. That's on, when we uh, got soft. That's when we got soft in this country. We went from lead to gushers. <laughs> we're, just, we're just all soft gushers. I uh, yeah. Uh, Generic blue flavor, or whatever the hell it was called, blue bonanza, yeah, um, or whatever, whatever. We just started eating chemicals. We just started eating colors in the nineties. Like, oh, this tastes like green. <laughs> That's true. This tastes like blue. Like, just divorced from nature utterly. <laughs> yeah, you ever, th- ever thought about fucking weird the flavor blue raspberry is? It's just like a color that doesn't exist in nature. But yeah. people are like, oh, I'll have the blue raspberry flavor. It's just like, you know, that's not like real yeah it's it's also like probably I've heard it's the worst chemical actually of of the chemical drinks and things to have i've heard that that's actually the worst because it's the most artificial color to make but anyways yeah, this is our science was, podcast anyway. welcome to science hour with owen and sarah yes welcome to welcome to a, a random ass science hour and by <laughs> random ass science we mean speculation so we're not not too much different from most science journalism but at least we're honest about it hey well, this is a this is a podcast about a certain sort of science. It's the science of the occult, and the, it's <laughs> many many spooky sounds. We'll add a spooky soundtrack in there later. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, this is this is our our first episode of Pop Cult, spelled with a V. Very important. Yeah, I mean. We're here just to sort of talk about not just the occult as a thing that's out there, but sort of as a way of looking at the world and sort of looking at the occult world itself from, like, I guess, our unique kind of perspective on it. It's also just because uh, we like mad witch memes, man. Like, that's it. We're just here for we're here for the Instagram posts. We're here for the followers. We're here for uh, for all of that. I mean, that's why we used a V 
in, in our name in general, because I mean, how are you going to get followers if you don't substitute all your views of these? I do it in my text messages. I just came for the grams. So I am Instagramming this as we speak. I'm just here to take my grams and go. Hail holy IG. I say that Thou as if I didn't art. Instagram this like two minutes ago. So I'm really not. I'm not <laughs> speaking from a place of very high authority right there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess speaking of Instagram and those types of things, I, I guess do we want to dive into like the real meat or tofu of our of our first episode? Yes, absolutely. Um, I will definitely uh, we're definitely going to dive into the free range wild game uh tofu of the uh of the episode to- tofu is actually an animal most people don't realize that it's a, it's a animal very similar to a pachyderm um it is it is, it is white and spongy and it has it has a, a very uh a very long life out in the pasture well my grandfather my grandfather uh he herded tofu wild tofu back in back in ireland that was what he did that was how he supported I, himself i come from a long line of tofu herders. of tofu herders yeah that's absolutely true mm-hmm Sounds so, like a bad alt-right insult. That is a bad uh, But yeah, I guess I guess uh, our first episode here, we kind of wanted to dive into, okay, like I, this could be an ironic thing that I could say, but it actually is the biggest news rocking the, the occult world right now. And that is the controversy surrounding the Sephora witch kit that was set oh, to be God. released this October, but has since been canceled oh, under God. much controversy. Right. Yeah. There was uh, one of my, my favorite headlines that I saw was that it was on uh, the alternative press of all places. Uh, it was something to the effect of Sephora banned starter witch kit after backlash from actual witches. Can you believe there's real witches out there? <laughs> oh, my God. They've been around for millennia. What? Oh, my God. My entire world here was shifting. Jeez. These people, I, I didn't even real. know. But I, I heard it was I heard it was a comedy. I actually heard there was more to do with um like the Christian right sort of hooting and hollering about their their daughters getting into uh, witchcraft through Sephora, which that, sh- that shocked me very little. Yeah, that's that makes it sound a whole lot more punk than what I think it actually was. But yeah, sure. I kind of wanted to talk about this uh, as our first episode because I feel like the way that we sort of frame how we think about this and our problems with this it's kind of a good send-off and kind of a a thesis for our podcast kind of going forward i think it's a good kind of encapsulation of all all that is good and dumb in the world of the occult right now absolutely and and yeah like what better way of articulating the intersection of pop culture and the occult that's why um, than than a major retailer brand carrying a literal starter witch kit for how, how much was it retailing for it, it, like eighty bucks or something? It was going like that, to right? let me see here. I've got it pulled up. It was going to retail for forty two dollars plus tax, and it was going to. Oh, I'm getting this. I'm getting this from uh, Quartz right now. Uh, the author of this article that I'm getting this information from was um, Singita Singh Kurtz. And yeah, the, okay. the nine piece set was going to retail for $42 plus tax. It includes um, fragrances as well as standard witch paraphernalia, including tarot cards, sage and a rose quartz crystal. So, yeah, I think it's OK. First of all, I think that this box is fucking hilarious, because if you look at the figure on the tarot card deck, it's got like the I'm looking pr- at it right now. It's got the prince <laughs> symbol as if that's like this ancient witchcraft no, no symbol. No fucking way. Holy shit, I had not seen this until just now. It's just got that prince's symbol and it's like what is is did prince sign off on this before he died? Like what the fuck? Uh, I I don't know. I I I am not I can assume that his symbol is not fucking public domain yet cuz he's been dead for not even a year, right? Or maybe just over a year. So it, it aren't symbols like I think it's like 25 years before the patent expires or something like I have, that. I, don't, I, I don't honestly know. have I don't no idea. How. I have no idea about Prince's no idea. Uh, say or no say on this product. But I think that it's kind of like people got really fucking mad at this product. SZA tweeted about this. Um, a lot of really big, you know, Twitter people and Instagram people each each gave their sort of hot take of why this was bad or why it was kind of annoying, but not such a big deal. That's kind of, I think, the, the where the takes sort of ranged from. I guess my thought when I first saw this was this makes me, this doesn't even make me mad. It just makes me sad. Like the, seeing this kind of thing 
it makes me sad. And it's because I don't think that Sephora is unique in doing this, nor do I think that this is not even, at all. Yeah. Nor do I even think that this is the dumbest iteration that we've seen. This has just gotten a lot of particular blowback. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like even proper, like new agey and quote unquote, like witchy shops are, uh, are, are guilty of far more egregious, uh, I, I, do you want to call it cultural appropriation? Because I mean, like, well, witchcraft is such a diffuse, like proper witchcraft is such a diffuse collection of uh, of traditions and terms um, yeah. that that I, I don't even know. I don't even know if you could call it cultural appropriation. I, um, I know get, a lot of people. Yeah. I, a lot of the backlash from this is from Wiccans in particular, right? Well, I kind of want to get into the cultural appropriation a little bit later because I think that that deserves like kind of its own deep dive when it, in regards to okay. sage and stuff. But I think that like the thing cool. that kind of struck me first was I think my roller coaster of emotions when I first saw this come out was like it made me kind of sad and upset when I first saw it because I was like, okay, this is just yet another like commodification of witchcraft and magic in the modern world. But then the other thing mm-hmm. I thought of was, you know, I had a witch kit when I was a kid. I, you know, I. Sure. When I little baby witch Sarah had a silver raven wolf's teen witch kit, uh, so that was a dark time in my life that I'm revisiting right now. But uh, that was not honestly like, yes, it wasn't trying to sell you perfume, but materially speaking, it was not so different from this starter witch kit that Sephora is selling. It was, you know, it had your your Mm. bell and it had your like god and goddess coin whatever that is looking back on that but like it had i think i think it came with some crystals things like that um so it really wasn't terribly different from this in some ways so then my second thought was kind of like am i just being an angry person who's like an angry bitter witch who's looking at this and just like cursing the younger folks getting into this stuff now oh so old so old I'm so old and ancient 26 and 27 oh my god it's, it's ancient in capitalist years <laughs> um or in american years and in in, in la years it's like I'm, I'm like a wizened guru sitting in a hill basically um but uh i mean i think i think your point speaks to something that, that i was thinking about people act like this is a new thing it's been going on for for decades in this country in particular i mean i'm thinking of also like the commodification of Eastern spirituality during the 60s and 70s as well. Very, very similar, obviously different, maybe slightly different values, but like, I think, I think again, some of that um, 60s Orientalism will, will definitely and has definitely affected uh, what American quote unquote uh, witchcraft practices are um, from the like new agey Wiccan perspective. But yeah, this is nothing new. This is absolutely nothing new. And that was kind of like my response. I was such a jaded asshole. I just kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, great. But at the same time, right there with you, also had a Barnes & Noble tarot kit, which is weird. It was like the size of like, not a potion stamp, but it was like a, maybe a larger potion stamp. It was like a mini tarot kit. It was like one of the first witchy things I ever bought. I can't remember if I bought it or stole it. I think I bought it. I bought it. I bought a Christopher Penzak book like called The Inner Temple of Witchcraft or Hell something. Hell yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. And again, like that has like it's like it's chakras and like uh, I was actually interested because he had interesting journeying techniques um, because that's kind of where my interest intersects. And uh, we can can go into that later when we talk our our, uh, superhero origin stories. (laughs) But yeah, again, that's the point I wanted to stress is that it's just been going on for a long time. So the the outrage, my outrage is more of the fact that um, this is a perfume company doing this. Mm. Like it's not even a... It's not even like a new age or a cult publisher that uh, it's not even like a um, Llewellyn gets a lot of shit for doing this. Right. For, or like major, major new age or quote unquote cult uh, publishers get a lot of shit for um, repurposing 101 books in this very, uh, you can do it too. All you gotta do is buy a crystal and some incense and yada, yada, yada. Right. Step out um, onto the full but now we're Now we're seeing, but we're seeing perfume companies partnering with major retailer brands to commodify the occult. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it's kind of a friend of mine texted me kind of looking for like what I thought about this. Like she she knew I was like, you know, into this stuff. And she was like, well, what what do you think about this? And I think that what I what I kind of said then and what I still feel now is that when you actually look at what it is, it is in and of itself stupid and not okay. But 
not not any more stupid than a lot of stuff that I've seen out there, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. And I think that what made me upset about it and what made me what made me sad rather than angry, because like when I when I feel sadness, like when I when I see a thing that upsets me online, it's because it comes from a certain place of like defeatedness. And I kind of felt like looking at this, it had come like just after I heard that like Walmart was starting to sell a lot of like witchcraft related stuff. And for me, it was like, no. okay, is witchcraft dead? Is magic dying? Like, is this, is this kind of on its way out? Because I think for me, what, what really makes me like witchcraft and like magic as a, as a whole, but like specifically witchcraft is that its power and the power that it gives you comes from a very intimate connection that you have to form with the world around you that like, you don't exist in isolation when you're doing witchcraft. You have to have form relationships with right. other people, with your community, with nature, with spirits, with the outside world in some way. And that is why witchcraft was like one of the first things to fall with the dawn of capitalism. Like that's why we had the witch trials because we needed to get rid of that worldview and that way of seeing things. And that's what makes, I think, what could make witchcraft and what could make magic such a rebellious and like kind of punk thing right now is that capitalism exists because it serves to alienate us and it disempowers us because it alienates us and it makes us all tiny little units fighting our own private battles all by ourselves. Whereas in witchcraft and mm -hmm. magic, it, it serves to create and nurture those connections with each other. And when I saw the witch kit, I was just like, well, fuck, I guess like guess capitalism won. Like another one bites the dust. It's going the way the punk music did. It's just going to get absorbed into this great evil economic system and mm -hmm we're all going to be left behind, you know? Well, at the risk of sounding like a New York Times editorial, I think that witchcraft is not only the thing that gets us uh, our eyes away from our phones, but also, like, makes us question the, the value of the phone in general, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or because there's such a... I didn't know David Brooks was joining us in the studio today. Welcome, David. <laughs> hello. Today I want to talk about how there's no responsibility in teenagers anymore. Have you seen the tattoos upon the visage that most uh, that most 20 year olds have? I'm assuming I've never met a 20 year old uh, in uh, for six my or wife. seven years, but but uh, <laughs> yes, I, I've never met a 20 year old in my life, even in my 20s. But I said when I was 20 years old, I was actually 48 in a 24 year old body. Uh, I, I mean, it, it definitely facilitates the innate sense of connection, the innate connective. I, I almost want to say like human technologies that we have to um, integrate with the more than human and non-human world, you know. Um, and I think that that is the antidote to this um, overly heady kind of stimulant-fueled hyper-capitalism that we find ourselves living in. And as that breaks, I think that witchcraft and the occult are the weeds that come up through the cracks in the sidewalk in that sense. Ooh, yeah. I really like that. I, I like that metaphor a lot. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, absolutely. We're all, we're all just weeds. We are. I mean, I always associate weeds like mugwort and stuff like that with witchcraft, so I really dig that. I guess kind of going off of like what what you were saying and what we were saying earlier. I think a lot of people got on kind of a high horse over this Sephora witch kit thing in, in various ways. And I think that people either acted like they were too cool to care about it or acted like this is the worst thing that has ever happened. And, you know, a, I, as a witch practicing for 80 billion years, I have a problem with this, sir. And like, all of those are valid feelings, but I do think that we have to kind of like as a community sort of look at this and think really deeply, like, how did we help contribute to get this made, right? Like, how did we allow this to happen or how did it get to this point, you know? That's kind of like a respectability politics thing in a way, right? Whereas, um, I mean, traditional, well, at least like in a Northwest European sense, traditional witchcraft is very much associated with sinew and blood and bone and dirt, and with the rise of Wicca in the, in the 60s and 70s, and its particular hold over the most visible part of the occult in the West, or at least in the West, I'm speaking of America and Europe in particular, um, they're very much concerned with, and, and, and remain very much concerned with uh, being seen as a respectable uh, subculture, right? I mean, you have military chaplains who are Wiccan, right? You can, if you are killed as a member of the military in the United States, you're able to get a Wiccan pentagram mm -hmm. on your gravestone. I mean, that that would not have been possible uh, years ago, right? I, I think that notion to be a part of the group rather than to be a 
occasional participant in the group with agency, but working from the outside out in that witch shaman outsider perspective. I think I think we're, we're starting to regain that, and I think a good thing coming from the reaction of this is that those of us who do have that mindset are kind of being validated in that sense because I think the um, how, do, how do I want to say this the uh, gamut of responses that we're seeing and I, by, by gamut I mean the polarized gamut of responses from disaffection to uh, outrage right um, is uh, the fact that we're not seeing a nuanced critique of this particular issue. It, uh, generally, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking generally, obviously. We're, we're, there, there are quite a few folks who have had very nuanced critiques of this as well. But um, I think that kind of that serves to, to show that, uh, to, to solidify the witch at, at the end of the pointed finger to quote Peter Gray. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we need that outlook rather than to, to, to fit in with the crowd, man. I mean, and the capitalism has always been great at commodifying rebellion, too, though. So not to sound like a jaded, cynical ass, but like, I mean, I, I expect this. I expect this. Yeah. It bums me out. I totally get what you're saying about defeat. I think that that uh, emotion is very, is very real and very valid and very salient, you know. But at the same time, like, this is kind of where we are at this point in the timeline, too. Mm-hmm. You know, again, with us being, like I said, the weeds growing up in the sidewalk, it gives us the opportunity to distance ourselves from that and to, to ground ourselves in the in the otherness that the witch embodies, right? Yeah, I'm vibing off of everything you're saying, like, respect. But I think that this is kind of a moment that we should we should really take this and kind of think about, like, what we actually want to do with all of this stuff. I mean, I think I find myself going back and forth on this thought, and I find myself getting kind of frustrated because, and I'm sure that this is, like I said, I think that this is kind of a good, this might be, this news might be kind of old hat by the time this episode actually drops, but... I think that it serves mm-hmm. as a really good kind of basis for like, this is going to be like the Rosetta Stone, I think almost of like all of our further episodes. Cause I think that within this kind of controversy, there lies so many different intersecting issues that are happening in the occult community right now. And like in yeah. our society at large in general right now, like I think that going on within this, there's this commodification of the occults off of that. There's this a commodification of, you know, feelings, especially like women's feelings and women's sense of belonging and rebellion and that sort of stuff. And I think that oh yeah, when we're talking about rebellion and when we're talking about witchcraft as a rebellious act, I mean, there's a tendency, I think, to say that like something being rebellious or doing a rebellious act is kind of childish of like, oh, you know, this is a a thing that you do and then you get over it once you grow up and you realize that that wasn't really doing you any good or that was that was just kind of your your childish urges there but i think that we're really at a really critical time right now for a lot of things in like human history um i mean we're at a really right. critical point in like our democracy with the environment with the fabric of our society and i think that witchcraft and magic really hold within it not just like the power to change reality like if you really believe in magic and you really believe that you can change shit with the way that you think and the way that you interact with the world that's really powerful and that mm-hmm. deserves to like get used for good i think and like used in like a really impactful way but then i think also if we are rebelling if this is a rebellious act to act in this way to to go back and and unearth these practices. Okay, well, like, what are we rebelling against and what are we rebelling towards? Like, what society do we want to see at the end of this fight? And I think that that's almost a more crucial question than anything else because I think that people kind of get mad at something like the Sephora witch kit and it's like all these feelings are valid, but it's like what do you – what do you want witchcraft to be? Because we're already buying and selling it. Right. You know, so yeah, do we, yeah, hell yeah, I where is on, the line? On, on all of that, yeah. Like, where, where's the fucking line of like, when, when does it not? When are we not enacting that right now? Right by by making this podcast, like, are we enacting that same paradigm? Is like, have I done that in the past through like videos that I've done? Did I do that when I had someone pay me for a tarot card reading? Like, where's, where's the line? And I think that the line comes when you decide what kind of society you want to live in and like what would be acceptable and not acceptable. Right. Sure. I mean, I, that's also, it, it's interesting that you brought up since, since you have a history of doing tarot reading videos for Vice and broadly, and also for, from speaking up about your witchcraft and your articles and, and in those videos, I, I've, I've had the kind of the opposite 
reaction, mainly because I'm kind of new to practice. I've always been kind of an, an armchair occultist. It's only been the last couple of years where I really actually started to do it. And um, so I kind of kept quiet on that front because I didn't want to run my mouth. I don't want to, you know, uh, write checks that my ass can't cash. It's also, I, I don't really want to, I, I'm, I'm seeing these things happen just as, a, as, a, as an observant person and, and noticing things. I'm like, well, I don't want to contribute to this as well. Um, and I think that by speaking up about it, um, not, not, not to like completely absolve us from all. We're doing nothing wrong. To, 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 we'll to, never to, do to, anything to, wrong. We're, doing we're never going to get any we're, hate we're talking mail. About it. Therefore, we're doing nothing wrong. Yeah. No, we're always going to be good. No one's ever going to have a problem. We're never going to fuck up. That's something to take forward, no. actually, listeners. We're never going to fuck up. So if you say that we fucked Everyone up. Everyone gets a trophy. Uh, Everyone gets a trophy. Yeah, that's not true. We're never going to fuck up. <laughs> never going to fuck up. We, all, we, we, got, we got trophies for, for cleaning our rooms as kids. So therefore, like, we can't yeah. ever fail, ever, really. That's, that's the issue here. I'm a Leo and Owen is a Virgo. We technically can't be wrong. No, absolutely, and and we can't be wrong for different reasons too. Yeah. So we we have a multi we have a multi pronged attack, you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Suck on that lollipop. But yeah, so I th- and I think kind of I mean, do we want to talk about the appropriation argument that's going on here and like the sage that is being sold in the witch kit? Because oh, I think yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I don't want to be two white people talking about cu- cultural appropriation, but guess what we're about to do? Uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, like it's, it's. Well, first of all, like let's 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 talk about sage in general as as like a clearing agent. I mean, go like sage, y'all. If you're not, if you're if you are one of our listeners that's like super new to occult practice, or you're, you've like always been interested in it or used to like absentmindedly draw pentagrams uh next to uh the logos of the black metal bands that you used to listen to in middle school and now you're like ah there's something to this i think um not speaking from personal experience at all but if, if you and if, and if you if someone has told you like oh just um if you feel negative energy around you just you know wave wave uh, stage around um yeah negative energy negative energy entities i hate using the term negative but like ghosts that like aren't supposed to like be hanging around you they they eat sage, man. Like they don't really they, they don't go away because you're waving a burning plant in front of their face. They're they, you, you got to do a little bit more than that. So I also feel like it's a bit of a cop out too. I mean, and I, I think you and I were talking about this the other day when we were talking about this topic for a podcast in general, where it's an aspect of capitalism in conjunction with the commodification of witchcraft as rebellion, where Oh, just buy this thing and your troubles will go away. Or, yeah. or or buy this thing and buy this thing and this identity is yours. It's like the leather jacket. As much as I love leather jacket, you know, you're buying uh you're buying an emotion. Uh, it's all it's all you know. That's my big fucking beef with crystals though. I mean, like we're gonna we have talked about this. We will do yeah. a crystal episode at one point and just y'all get ready because I I will we will say some shit on that episode. Because I think that it really does. De- I think crystals really do deserve their own sort of unique uh, call out post, if it, if you will. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's again, kind of going back to like the lack of a relationship with the world around you. I think it's just the thing that capitalism does to the occult and to like spirituality in general is it kind of takes it all and it makes it it medicalizes everything where it's like. Hold this crystal if you're feeling sad. Burn this mm-hmm. herb if you're feeling scared. Do this meditation to make you a better worker. Like it does all this mm-hmm. stuff and it's and it's kind of like, okay, maybe that thing will work or maybe it won't work for you or maybe it's a good thing that you do that or not. But you're not connecting it to a larger ethos and you're not connecting it to like right. a more holistic view of your spiritual health, if you will. Like okay it's like mindfulness can be great but if you're only doing it to be a better worker for your boss that's not a good reason same way it's like eating kale is good but if that's all you eat that's also not a good thing you know it's there's a large discussion i think to be had around the idea that like we have reduced magic and reduced uh symbols and and aspects of witchcraft down to the thing that they do and that's all it is it does these these things exist independently 
and lack a relationship to anything else around them. And it's which is antithetical to how like most magical systems work to be honest, and how most spiritual systems work. I mean, it's all about if you, if your spirit isn't having a connection to this thing and that, that connection is what's forming this reaction. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? Right. Like, sure. Absolutely. And, and it's also like, I also want to throw a caveat out there too, um, because um, and I'm kind of realizing as I'm saying this, the um, how advertising capitalism has affected um, our notions of health and wellness and um, what we consider medicine in Western society, right? But I don't want to just, I don't want to say, because the spirit world runs on, on metaphor. It runs on um, on the unconscious. It is, as Jung said, like making the unconscious conscious that it constitutes like magical work, right? So well, as Jung um, to, said. to a large extent, to Sorry, a large extent, to. right? <laughs> but um so I don't want to just say like, well, you, you don't, you know, if you're standing out in the woods and you're holding a rock, like all you're doing is standing out in the woods and holding a rock. No, like that can be very potent in a sense. If that rock has a meaning with you, if it has a line, if it has um, a story behind it that affects you in a certain way and that affects your life and, and, and in turn the life of others around you as well. I mean, that's what magic is, right? But at the same time, if these companies are like are performing a sort of drunken, surgical procedure on on that very ancient and very human uh, practice and selling it back to you in this commodified form with all of its inherent hangups that we've learned from, you know, neo-Victorian materialism, right? And that whole, like, productivity fetishization um, that, especially that I think that we're, we're currently just absolutely soaked in right now, Um that's that's the particular issue that we're having. I just wanted to clarify that nuance because I don't want people to think that uh, I, I don't. I especially like folks who are or, or newer to practice listening to the podcast. I don't want them to think that doing those sorts of practices aren't like real or valid. Like you don't have to be cutting open a goat's throat to you know get, get no, a promotion. Owen, you do. Like you don't have to do that. You do. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You, you caught me. You caught me. Uh, I absolutely. You need to. Uh, you need to like pull a, a terectomy and 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 uh, sit under a sewer grate as somebody you know cut the bull's uh, innards out from under you. That's the only way you're gonna make assistant manager mark. That's the only way. That's how you I did it. it. How the fuck you think I got here? Oh shit! I mean that, yeah. that that's how you think. <laughs> how the fuck you think this podcast got started? You think you think our producer is a human? <laughs> no, we summoned him. We summoned him through a portal in in uh, on a crossroads. His name is Zach. He has many tentacles and many glowing eyes. Many glowing eyes. So too, too, too many and to he's count. Great. Uh, he's great. When, when you're around Zach, when you're in the presence of Zach, the idea of quantity no longer makes sense. It's uh, it's like uh, it's like Slenderman kind yeah, of. Yeah, our idea of numbers fall away. But oh, anyway, Zach. <laughs> hail Zach. Hail, hail Zach. Hail Zach. Um, but yeah, I think that hail there. Zach. I for me, that was the thing that I thought was made. What what makes a thing stupid? That's the thing that we're asking on today's episode is what makes a thing dumb? And I think... Okay, what, I don't know. What makes a thing stupid, Sarah? What makes a thing dumb? You seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I think what makes this thing stupid and, like, dumb is not just that, like, I think that the, it is kind of poorly designed and, and looks kind of stupid, but I think it's also, like... Oh, yeah. Why? Like, that's what I... When I think of when I look at this, there is this kind of, like, well, why... Is there a rose quartz next to a sage, next to perfume, next to this uh, person with rainbow horns and the prince symbol and like just random fucking occult? I don't think they even are occult symbols, just random squiggles uh, kind of drawn across their chest and a moon. It's like well, have, have you seen um have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? There's a yes. great line in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where um Kristen Bell Kristen uh, Bell, right? Yeah, Kristen Bell's character says to uh, Russell Brand's character, she's like, Look at you, your tattoos are even all over the place. Like that's Vedic, that's Wiccan, that's I don't even know what the hell that is. Like yeah. she says like a bunch of random spiritual tattoos to seem like a spiritual person. And when I look at this this um this entity's sash, right? Um, that's what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing like random ass fucking. They almost look like random uh, grimoireic signatures, but like so. It out. <laughs> what well, that'd be really funny if they just like hid grimoireic signatures in plain sight too. 
like so so we're sitting here critiquing it but like it's also it's like the and 13 year old girl in minnesota who buys this witch kid starts doing tarot with it and all of a sudden she's like talking to ball you know <laughs> i mean i would like to think that this was all the 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 doings of a, a great grimoire demon that like were thwarted at the last minute or were they but yeah i mean i think right. like, when i look at this i'm just kind of like i mean and that's that's kind of what I mean is that it's like this is this is dumb and commodifying, but I think it's dumb and commodifying not just because this is what people mean when they mean late stage capitalism. Like this is what it actually fucking means is yeah. that like meaning has become deta- totally detached from whatever it is that you're selling. There is no rhyme or reason like the 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 world has begun to eat itself. The serpent has begun to eat its tail and there is no rhyme or reason to any of the things that you're selling even because it's just, this isn't even some Victorian uh, schlock or, you know, you know, snake oil where it's, it's quote unquote fake, but it's couched in a sort of, you know, theosophist ideology about the ancient races of man and the Thule society and the, the great hollow earth and, the the dawning of a new era of Aquarius and it's like not even couched in like that kind of narrative it's just like here have some stuff that yeah, we're gonna we're right, gonna yeah. call spiritual but question mark why it's spiritual it just is because we put some moons on it and it's like it, it's it's like <laughs> if it's a focus grouping all the time yeah right like it's it, it's like oh you've heard have you heard of sage check yes if yes would would you have you heard of tarot <laughs> would you like to buy some tarot cards may i interest I you in a tarot reading are, but but my daughter was talking about him at dinner one night and then after i sent her to her room for for disobeying the lord jesus christ i said hmm, there might be a dollar in this uh yeah it's, it's all just so fucking like hopelessly gauche and, and cynical in, in a way yeah yeah I'm... and it's also I, I i love that you meant that you brought up the like neo-victorian origins of that too for for a while in Western occultism, the narrative was that the tarot cards came from Egypt, particularly in uh, French occultism, the Belle Epoque, right? They were, they were obsessed mm-hmm. with with Egypt. Um, they, they thought that the tarot were these like images that you know that they found on pyramid tombs that they put into cards, and you must learn them. And, and mm-hmm. really, the tarot comes is like a northern Italian card game, a literal fucking card game that yeah. people used to play. So, um, yeah, if you didn't know that, now you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's my thing is, like, I don't think that the occult has to be serious all the time. Like, I don't think that, I don't think it's bad that you make a witch kit necessarily or that you have a little bit of fun with this stuff. Like, I I mean, we're making an occult comedy podcast because we want to, like, have fun with this stuff. But there's no sincerity whatsoever. It's, It's all it's all silliness and no sincerity. And it's very cynical. Like you said, it's just like oh kids love sage these days i guess let's just fucking sell it to them and we're not going to think at all about the fact that native americans were being put in jail like only a couple decades ago for burning sage like we're not going to think about that and we're not going to think about and and, and they're getting arrested for doing it at protests now too yeah so so fucking happening yeah like yeah um i mean on a a, a side note too it's just interesting to see american advertising taking turn too because like as I, I'm a full disclosure, I'm, I'm a commercial actor, right? So, like, I read commercial copy all the time. And um, some of it is just, like, they, 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 instead of being blatantly sexual with their advertisement or being blatantly, like, this car will, will, will make you more attracted to the opposite sex or whatever, I try to sneak it in and be subtle about it. But at the same time, as a commercial actor, when you go audition, you do, like, mostly improv right so it's just like it, it, the fact that the copy is written but it's still so malleable kind of goes to show you that it, the words don't even really matter and i think this is kind of reflected here uh, in that particular turn in advertising where it's just like oh yeah um yeah these are the kids like these days here's this let's see how this sells and we'll look at the numbers in three months and then we'll adjust do you know yeah. what i mean like it's all so iterative um yeah that there's no like staying power or meaning behind any of it you know yeah it's it makes me think a lot about something uh naomi klein has written about a lot when she wrote the shock doctrine or no sorry when she wrote uh no logo but then like also kind of recently like talking about advertising and stuff you know thinking about how a lot of companies kind of have have sold the idea of like rebellion like oh do this rebellious thing like nike will have just do it like rebel like even if it means everything or even if it means losing everything it's kind of like 
okay, you what you are doing right now is you are you're speaking like advertising companies are dumb. Like ca- companies aren't dumb. They exist because they are able to manipulate and you know manipulate the markets and manipulate people's feelings very artfully right so like when we see a thing like this come up what they're doing is they're speaking to to some somewhere deep in our consciousness people want the real thing and Mm. companies are really good at spotting what people really want and then finding out a kind of cheaper way of getting that to people so i think right i mean the hopeful thing about this witch kit is that i think it shows that like deep down people or at least a lot of people right now are longing for some sort of spiritual connection or spiritual practice or sort of, you know, uh, connection to the world that is not, you know, just a something on your phone or something that is is premeditated through capital. But then wouldn't you know it, capital is really fucking good at taking that and just pushing it back out to you through the same thing that you thought you were rebelling against, right? And I mean, it's just, it's just a really, it's just, it's, that's what made me sad when I first saw this is because it's like, oh, this is, somebody's going to fall for this. Like somebody is going to buy this and they're going to think that they've cured that wound inside of them, but it's not really going to fix mm-hmm. it, you know? And it, that's what made me yeah. upset, you know, on top of the fact that, like I said, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about like kind of the appropriative nature of like putting sage into this and stuff like that, um, I think that what, to me, that kind of shows is that it's it's i mean it's you know it's another trophy of the fact that america won the genocide that was the indian wars you know it's 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 we won so therefore we can do with this what we want to do you know we can put this into our products we can sell this in whatever way we want to and you're going to play by our rules now despite the fact that you want to use this in a way that you want to right it's you're going to do it on our dime and on our time you know Right. And, and just to clarify, too, like a lot of I mean, one thing I, I have learned from from um, from studying commercial acting is that like nothing is on accident. So mm-hmm. if you think that you are getting I, there's, there, there's a word for it it's called like third order advertising or like low uh, low attention marketing or something like that, where it's marketing and advertising campaigns specifically designed for people who think that they aren't susceptible to marketing campaigns. And it's like these people, they're not, nothing is an accident to them. Everything that they're doing is on purpose. They're do, they're doing it for a reason. Even if you think it's completely nonsensical, like there is a calculated, logical reason that they've come up with to do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of it's a weird intersection between the collective unconscious need that's apparent in something like this, and then also like the very calculated, focus groupy uh, nature of the advertising surrounding of it. You know, I actually it's really it's really interesting that you brought this. I had never seen. A picture of this i i fully oh. expected to be black with pentagrams on it and you know, this is like yeah it's just man it's gaudy it's okay. real it's real real fucking gaudy our, um, our producer zach our our many tentacled glowing eyed demon who we found at a crossroads is right now pulling up pictures of the the kylie jenner coke ad that i totally forgot was a thing until just now of that, oh, the, that? The, the Pepsi one, you mean? The, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the Pepsi one, um, where she was like at a protest, and it's like, if we just give the cops Pepsi, we're all gonna be okay. And it's like, oh my dudes, mm-hmm. you do not get it. You do not get it. Yeah, no, no, you don't. You don't. I mean, it, it's one thing to like, it's one thing to advertise a product and be like, I want people to buy stuff because I'm gonna, you know, I'm a business person. It's another thing to be like, let's mine the cultural zeitgeist. For, for 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 content you know what i mean and i i think that like it, it just goes to show how far out of touch with that particular current i don't typically like that term but like how far out of touch with that current that some of these advertisers are yeah you know what i mean I, we, we say you know you, you talk about all the time folks in the blogosphere talk about all the time about this sort of bubble that a certain degree of wealth puts you in and i think that's like no more apparent than that ad and um, I, I don't know if it's that apparent in the whole in, in this whole witch kit thing. Again, I think the more like eternal focus group aspect is more prevalent in this. But I can definitely see again uh, a guy sitting at the at the kitchen table with his daughter, just being like, "Well, well, what are you seeing your friends do?" You know, and and the daughter's like, "The daughter's like, Dad, I really don't want to like." pitch you like the stuff that my friends are into He's like no come on I'm dad just... we're all into sacrificing each other to satan now and like it's, it's like dad last time you said last time i i told you my friends uh my friends uh, were 
twitching too much when they sat down. You made fidget spinners, and now the world hates you. <laughs> you know Dad, I mean? like, it's I 2018. We're all into anal sex and witchcraft now. Jesus. Dad, oh. Come on, Dad. Like, <laughs> and Dad's just like, what? All the time. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Nothing, Dad. Yeah, it's no, fine. And, and, and you know what? You know what? Maybe, maybe it's like a father's inability to, <laughs> to, to calculate sarcasm. It's the reason this entire thing exists. Just that like maybe sad. the daughter is just like, yeah, dad, we're just all into butt fucking and Satan now. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, great. Uh, I'll, I'll just go uh, Google that. And we'll, see, and we'll see what comes up. Jesus Christ. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I want to go back a little, a little bit to what you were saying earlier. That, like the Pepsi ad, I think you kind of you kind of correctly said that like Pepsi – thought it was advertising to people who went to like j20 and they're like oh you know what you know who would fucking love a nice uh cool refreshing pepsi uh targeted directly to them anarchists that's that's who we're gonna right that's who yeah, we're gonna yeah. advertise fucking, fucking to. The, the, the the virulent like black block masked up left exactly. yeah the people throwing exactly. rocks at a starbucks they, they, they want to lift up their mask to drink something you know what I mean? If, they, if, they, if they're going to do that, it's not going to be water, which is what they probably need because they're sweating their ass off. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a fucking Pepsi because we're, you know, at completely out of touch with modern life. Yeah. But I think so. Like, I think that they're, they, I mean, like swing and a miss. Guess what? The people throwing rocks at a Starbucks window didn't really like getting advertised to. But I think, yeah, uh, I mean, who would have thunk, right? But I think that it does kind of bear a little bit of introspection when it comes to this witch kit of like, who are they advertising to? Who's getting mad? And like, why are we getting so mad? Right? Because I have mm. seen some of the takes I've seen from this haven't been like, oh, this is horrible that this that witchcraft is commodified. I, I you know, the, I have seen that take a lot of like, oh, this is terrible. That this is being commodified. This is all appropriation. Go fuck yourself. But on the other mm -hmm. hand, I've also seen people being like, oh, don't buy this witch kit, buy this one. Buy one that right. a real witch made and, like, do that. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. like, that is that is better. That is a better thing sure. to do. Like, I do believe in supporting your local occult shop, and I do, because, you know, those are community spaces, I think, to a lot of people. And I do I do believe in giving, you know, your local occult bookstore some money, um, especially Catland Books, in Berkeley, where I'm a reader. I think there's something to be said for for supporting those kind of businesses and supporting, like, artists and people in your community and all that but i think and this kind of comes from vanessa who did our theme song shout out if your only response to this is don't buy this buy this i think you're kind of missing what makes this so f fucked up and so stupid you know i th i think you're kind of missing the point maybe of like the point isn't that there exists a bad thing to buy i think that maybe the fact that there exists this that we've gone to the point where witchcraft can be commodified to this extent like that's the real problem that we've mm. we've allowed it to get to this point of and it's not i mean i have a lot of sympathy right because we you got to exist under capitalism like what the fuck can you do mm -hmm. sure absolutely and and that, yeah, that's also i, I think i think you made a, a really good move and and uh, saying don't don't not patronize which supported businesses or, or which uh, own business just for the sole reason that you shouldn't have to buy anything. No, you know, some, sometimes sometimes you need shit. Uh, sometimes you sometimes you need to have the real book, you know, rather than a Kindle or something. You know what I mean? But I, to to kind of touch on um, what Vanessa said in her series of irate for about tweets, <laughs> she which I was living for. I was I, living she, for she those. Did, so something to the effect of, you know, it doesn't cost anything to go outside and put your hands in the dirt. Yeah, and I think that kind of sums up. Uh, that's, that, that sums up my feelings about the commodification of the occult. It's just like, sure, you, you, there are some supplies that you're going to need, particularly if you're doing something specific if, or if you're working with a specific spirit who likes X, Y, and Z and you need X, Y, and Z, go get X, Y, and Z, sure. And then preferably go get it from a a, a, a properly wish-owned business and, and an ethical wish-owned business in that respect. You use your discernment. Y'all are smart. Mm -hmm. Y'all have eyes. Y'all have brains. You, you, you'll, you'll figure it the fuck out. Sure. Use your many, your many eyes and your many brains. With your, with your many <laughs> eyes and your many brains, much like Zach. Yes. Our, our many-eyed, many-brained, uh, many-consciousness <laughs> producer. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. It's like, yeah, use use like there's gonna be stuff that you're like in magic. There are kind of specific tools that you're gonna need to buy sometimes, right? Like you can't make every mm -hmm. single thing. 
just like in life you oh, can't yeah. you can't make everything in life right so like you when you do have to buy day. stuff you know what i mean like yeah. unless you are a chef it's you're probably not gonna fucking make a gourmet meal every day like i'm sorry you're just not yeah. um or but also to you know just 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 to just to throw this in really quick as well like you will also buy shit or try shit that doesn't work especially if you're new Holy shit! You will you will think that a specific spirit is really calling to you, and, and you reach out to them, and they're just like, eh. Yo, we should do. You know? Oh, and we should do an episode on the dumb shit we've bought, like the dumb like one oh one shit God. that we've bought when we thought that we were going. Holy we were fuck. so cool, and it's like, why did uh, I buy that? All those skulls. Why did I do? That? <laughs> why, why why did I spend my entire higher inheritance on this mysterious home out in maine that strange voices call to me and i don't think this was a good investment at all yeah no i, I actually uh, i i i fucked with my normie soon to be new roommate um he, he's moving here in the next couple days and uh he, he's not a practitioner whatsoever and i'm just like he's like yeah hey how's the new place i'm like yeah you know everything's covered in the thick thick, thick pink slime and i'm hearing get out repeatedly in my head and he was just like you know i don't know if you're serious or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's I'm a like, good well, feeling you know maybe you'll never know maybe you'll never know josh stop shout out josh he puts up a lot of my shit it's a good feeling when you scare the normies it means it means you're still <laughs> means you're still got that cred you know i'm still able to scare them good um but yeah okay so, i kind of yeah. want to i feel like i mean we can we can obviously go into this from a lot of different angles for many, many hours. And I think that that's why it's our, our first episode, because I think kind of as we go throughout this series, we'll be kind of parsing out the different things that kind of come out of a thing like this, like the many different factions and reasons that a thing like this can get made. But I think to kind of end it on a more upbeat note or to end it on, a, on an actionable note at the very least, like what would we tell the mm -hmm. people like, Instead of saying, like, don't buy this, buy this as the only way to go forward out of a thing like this, like, what would we actually kind of what would our thesis be, you know, as a way forward out out of the witch kit controversy? Um, I feel like learn to listen to yourself. And I mean, I, I, again, I'm saying this as somebody who I, I had to learn this. I'm a very cerebral person by nature. So it's like it's something that I have to develop and that I'm still developing. But like, learn to listen to yourself. and and follow that. You know what I mean? If something really resonates with you, or if you keep seeing, for example, like an animal over and over and over again, you know, maybe ask it why you keep seeing it over and over again. Maybe P that's Mr. There. Pigeon. Mr. Pigeon, why are you always outside my door? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I keep seeing cockroach. I keep seeing cockroach. I, I, I actually have done this. Um, you can you can actually ask Melissa about this at Catlin because I've actually talked to her about this. Like, I, I I kept on seeing like cockroaches at very specific like emotional points, and I was like, hmm, maybe cockroach is my spirit animal. And there's actually, if if you guys want to Google it, there's actually a pretty rich tradition of like insect like work in in witchcraft and shamanic tradition. Was there but, was was um, the specific emotional points in your life like after you had come home depressed, eaten half a pizza? woke up the next morning and the pizza box was open on the floor of your bed and there were there were roaches there was that were those the moments that you'd say that it would appear no comment um <laughs> but yeah you know yeah. It, but but it, like I, i'm trying to make the point that it, look around you you know you don't have to search that far really yeah. i mean I, if you're going to go like the study route find teachers that you can easily interact with that are very similar to your own personality. I, that, that, that's kind of the best advice. I, mean, I don't like giving advice very often, but like, that's what, that's what helped me. I wish I would have known that like stepping into, uh, stepping into stuff, but uh, that's kind of, that, that's all I got. That's yeah. all I got. I, I'm like, I'm like, like three or four years into practice. I'm not really super like good at this yet. You know? I think so, you're great at it. Um, don't say that. Bless up. You're great. Oh. Oh. No. I think um I think for me oh. it's like what I would say is like it's you want I think when you start off with anything, you want to be the really cool badass who has all the cool equipment. Like you wanna be like I remember like the movies that I loved like when I was getting into like the occult and stuff when I was a kid was shit like like Constantine or shit like that where it's like you have a million different gadgets and you've got all these different tools and you can like 
throw them around yep. and like summon all these demons and angels and shit like that. And this is going to be like, you know, uh, it's you get it really into the gadgetry and the items that you want to collect. And you think that that is what's going to give you like this power. But like when I was a kid, I didn't really have any of that stuff because I wasn't really allowed to have too much of that stuff. And I Same. think it kind of made me a better like witch in the long run because it forced me to like well, I guess I have nothing else to do but, like, fucking meditate right now. I got fucking nothing else to do but, like, go out into the woods mm. right now. And, it and you know, I think it's – that stuff seems really lame because it seems really basic. But actually, that's, like – that's it, you know? I mean, not to say that that accoutrements aren't fun or that you don't need them ever. But the real the real meat of it is, I think, the, the spirit connection that you have. And that, by its def definition, isn't a material thing. You know, you're not going to buy that. Yeah. And it's like, are you connecting and working with spirit is basically like is that, that that's the thing that's going to make your make your magic effective. Honestly, yeah. whether whether you're doing eminently practical shit or you're working some like uh, theurgic stuff or, or or you're doing things or you're uh, working through an initiatory practice, like it's it's going to be that contact. So however way, however you do that, whether it's through, you know, fastening your own black-handled knife because you're a grimoire magician, or whether it's, you know, wandering out into the woods, uh, or whether it's collecting deer skulls on the side of the road, or whether it's, you know, making an altar to Superman because you're a lame 90s-era chaos magician. I don't know. We love you 90s chaos magicians, though. No, I, yeah, I know. That that was, that was a, a non-sector. A, a loving, um, loving jab. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of loving jab, a loving jab. I mean, I think, like I said, we could go into this forever, but I think we should maybe leave it there. Um, if sure. you have anything else to add or... Uh, I don't have anything else to add that I won't uh, think of about five minutes after we hang up Hell yeah. and go, okay. damn, I wish I would have mentioned that. So. All right. Um, all right. So thank you so much for listening to the first inaugural, the, the inaugural episode of Pop Cult. My name is Sarah Lyons. You can find me at City Mystic on Instagram and at Sarah the Lion on Twitter. Owen, do you want to plug yourself or anything you do? Or oh, Sure. I mean, I, I don't really, I'm not much of a social media guy. I do have an Instagram though. So I'm Owen Ginley, G-I-N-L-E-Y. And my Instagram handle is my last name underscore my first name. So that's G-I-N-L-E-Y underscore O-W-E-N. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say right now I'm way more fun on Instagram than Twitter. I feel like I can, like, never tweet. So go and follow me on Instagram. Okay. But, yeah, um, thank yeah, you guys I, so I, much. I never post on anything, so maybe that's not the best way to, to follow me. First, come, come to Los Angeles. Buy me a cup of coffee. Do that. Here is his address. Um, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to like and subscribe and share it with all of your friends and even your enemies even. Uh, that would be fun, too. Especially uh, your enemies. Especially your enemies. Do it. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. My name is Sarah Lyons. You can find me on Instagram at City Mystic. And my name is Owen Ginley. You can find me on Instagram at my last name underscore my first name. That's G-I-N-L-E-Y underscore O-W-E-N. Our theme song was done by Vanessa Irina of Knife Sex. You can find her on Instagram at Knife Sex. And our logo was done by The Sigilist. You can find them on Instagram at The Sigilist. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Bye.